Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Oh, y'all did good. Let's, let's, let's do it a little better. Hey, neighbor, you look amazing. Now, if, I, if you were sitting beside your spouse, Pastor B just hooked you up. I just put some brownie points in your corner, and all the men said, <laughs> So we've been in this collection of talks, and we're going to, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna finalize it today. Um, and, uh, but we've been in this collection of talks uh, for the past few weeks around this subject, living life wide awake or living life with God. So everybody say with God. Living life with God, not just for God, because for God means I'm doing things for him. No, I'm living my life with him. That means he's a part of every aspect of my life. He wants to be the center of it all. And essentially what we're saying uh, in this series, essentially what we've, the, the, the concept and the essential thought has been what would it look like if we woke up every day in 2022, uh, every new day with the conscious awareness that God is with us and he's working around us 24-7. What would that look like if, if we woke up every day and, and, we, and we'd like, I, I, God is with me. He, this first breath that I'm taking that I'm recognizing, because you've been breathing all night long, by the way, but this first breath that I'm consciously knowing I'm taking, hey, he put that breath there and I'm gonna live this day for him. Now, let me say this. This is completely different than beginning of a new year. You make it a New Year's resolution where you say, this new year, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna have my devotions. I'm gonna read a scripture and I'm gonna say a prayer and then I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do my day. And I'm gonna be a parent. I'm gonna go to job. I'm gonna date. I'm gonna, all this stuff. I'm gonna be a coach. All this stuff. It's, it's, what we're talking about is more than just a, a, a portion or one aspect or one moment of your day. We're talking about including God in every moment of your day. That this is about having a conscious awareness that God is at work in us and around us every moment. Amen? So today we're going to continue this topic of living life wide awake. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Luke. Book of Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. And I'm hoping that you, excuse me, got your Bible today. Yes, we provide it on the screen, but there's just something about having the Bible. And I'll get into why, um, yes, the message, I mean, the, 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 the Bible apps are great, and, but I'll get into why sometimes, and I'm not knocking it because I love Pastor Craig Rochelle and he's, his church did the whole version Bible app, but there are other things on that phone that pop up that get my attention and the church said, oh me, oh me, oh me. Luke chapter 10, begin with verse 38, it says this, and Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem and they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. 
She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister... Stop. It sounds like a wah-wah. Y'all ever, y'all ever been around a wah-wah person? Wah-wah? Yeah, we expect wah-wah when they're like, you know, a couple months old into one and sometimes two. You ever seen a 40-something-year-old person do a wah-wah? I had to keep my head down because I felt like I was going to see some elbows nudging this way. But, but it said, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. <laughs> you ever felt like you needed Jesus on, your, uh, Jesus on your side? Hey, Jesus, can you just, 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 psh- I know, I, know you, I, know you, I know you put a little something on those people in the Bible, and that one guy, he walked with a limp. Can you just put a little something on them for me? Because, you know, it'd just be better if it came from you. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Y'all, y'all just act like, you know, you've been saved, and, and you're doing this Christian walk, and you don't have thoughts like that. But Pastor B, sometimes he do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really. Okay, where was I at? I'm getting distracted. Let me keep going. This is my message today. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Today in part three, the final conclusion, I want to speak to you for just a moment from the subject, distractions. Distractions. See how your, your, your word for the, for the prayer team this morning, it's so funny because every Sunday when we're in here and we're meeting and we're praying for all of the families, Tama always brings a word to, to, um, to us. And as soon as she opens her mouth, it's like she was in my notes the night before and so, and this today is no different. And we're talking about distractions. Everybody say distractions. It's distractions that prevent you and I from truly living the fully aware life of, of being in God's presence and, and, and him being around us and living life wide awake. It's called distractions. Now, I don't think it would be an exaggeration if I said that there's never been a generation before us that has been... Um, uh, that has had distractions every day. There's never been a generation that distractions isn't an issue like it is for us today. We have the opportunity and the option of connecting with more things outside of our immediate circle. I mean, I can talk to you. I can talk. We're, right now, we're, we're online, and, and Christy's, Christy Hill's mom is over in the Netherlands, where she's watching now or, or later at the replay. We're connecting. We have more opportunities to connect, and connection is great. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes these connections can also become a distraction. So let's just look at a handful of these things that distract us real quick uh, as we jump into today's message. The first one is this, Technology. <laughs> technology listen studies how many how many own a cell phone how many have a cell phone maybe it's not on you right now but you have a cell phone okay studies show that on the average that this year in 2022 that you and I are going to pick up our cell phones 81,500 times in this year now, that doesn't sound like a lot because you say there was 365 days. That doesn't sound like a lot. But let me show you. Let's break that down. That means that approximately every 4.3 minutes of the day that you're awake, something inside of your brain is telling you, oh, my gosh, I got to see what, I got to see what, I got to see what they posted. I got to, uh, there's something on TikTok that I might be missing. Oh, there's that thing called Pinterest. And, man, all these things I want to do to my house. 
And all the ladies say, stop right there. <laughs> Where's Amy? <laughs> She's already back there going, don't you say anything else about my Pinterest. No, these things are great, but these things can become a distraction in our life. And I just tell you that, that even preparing, there has never been a time of writing a message that has been more difficult than the days we're living in right now. It's true for me, for me, writing a mess. It's because, I, the, yes, I, I'm going to the word, but there, there is, I mean, I've got Google and I've got, I've got questions because I don't, Pastor B don't know it all. And so I, I find resources, but how many knows the thing that I'm going to for the resource will start popping up all this stuff, text messages and emails and, and work related and all this stuff. And here I am trying to write a message. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult for you. Maybe it's not a message. Maybe it's something to do with work. I'm going to get there. Hold on. It's this constant pull from these things that's saying, hey, come here. I, I, I need your attention. I just got something you need to look at for just a second. Just, just a second. Everybody say just a second. Honestly, these things aren't, they're not bad, but the truth is they're not going away. Cell phones are not going away. Okay. Now, I don't know about Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and all that stuff because there used to be a place that we used to run to called MySpace. I don't even think it, you might can pull it up. I don't know. Anybody remember what MySpace? Yes. I remember telling Amy, this is MySpace. <laughs> my, why, why'd you put that music? Because why'd you put that music on your page when people come? Because it's MySpace. How many tells you your space can get you in trouble too? Ah. All right. So let's keep on moving. So we got, we got um, technology. The next thing we have is people. Y'all taking notes? Because y'all need to remember this tomorrow because all of us come in contact with people every day of our life. Okay, so listen, people can be unbelievably distracting. Now, I love, I'm a people watcher. I love, I love to sit in the mall. Uh, you know, Amy's like, you want to go shopping? I'm not about the shopping thing. Well, sometimes when it benefits me, I mean, no, that's the truth. Not about me, but that's about you too. We, we in for going along for the ride if there's a benefit to us. Ah, okay. So, so anyway, so I love watching people, but people can be unbelievably distracting. And for me personally, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm a recovering codependent people pleaser. Anybody else? Listen, if I'm not careful, people can be really distracting to me. I can sense that there's something that you are wanting me to do, and there's something that you want from me, and my attention is drawn to the fact that there's something that you want me to do that I'm not doing. And I will quickly be drawn to whatever it is that you think Pastor B needs to be doing, and I will forego, abandon God's purpose for my life and God's plan for the direction of the ministry, and I'll start pursuing your purpose for my life and your purpose for the mission of the church. It's called people-pleasing. People can be distracting May I never get at a place where I'm so consumed, and I'm telling you, it's an area that God is, he is definitely working on me at, and, 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 and there's such relief that I, that I don't cast aside God's vision for my life just to hold you. Because let me tell you something, you don't belong to me, you belong to Jesus. I didn't die on the tree, he died on the tree for you. Okay, let me keep on moving. Oh, let me say this. Something that I'm learning is this. Stop allowing others to critique what they're not even helping you build. Stop allowing people to critique you on things that they're not even got a hand in to help you build. 
I say this to married couples, stop asking for advice from people who've been divorced a hundred times. Now, somebody say, are you, nope, Pastor B's been divorced. (gasps) Let me let the air come back in the room. Why do you say that? So that we can have a a body that understands you're not perfect. I love it when Tom and Joe and Greg come up here and you you don't apologize for the presence of God and that sweet spirit that you have. That, that, you know why she cries? Because she has a pastor that's a big cry baby. And when the presence of God comes on me and I move, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to hold it back. Because what's that show you? Well, man, he's gone through all this stuff and he, man, it's not about my stance. It's about my posture. If I come up here and I, I lost my parents and I, I put this persona on that I, that's not healthy for you because you're going to go through things. You're going to lose a loved one and, and you're going to need to know how do you respond by simply saying, it's not about me, God. I need you. Help me. Yeah. Oh, and if you are a critiquer, listen, people do not need your help. Excuse me. People need your help. They don't need your fault finding. People need your help. They don't need your fault finding. They need your assistance. So before you jump in to kind of critique somebody, jump in the water and let's help, let's help stir the waters a little bit and then let's talk about what we need to work on and what we need to change. I, every week I'm looking at me. What do I need to change in me? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better pastor? How can I be a better friend? I don't fall, I fall very short on all of those. It's true. It's true. All right, next one. Here we go. Distraction. Here's another one. <laughs> this one is tough for me to even say it because I do it all the time. It's one word. It's called multitasking. That's a distraction. Now, there's a part of my flesh because when I was studying, I was going, no, nah, I do good multitasking. I'm washing clothes while I'm doing this. That, though, that's fine. But a lot of times, if you're trying to multitask on this, listen, there's a, this, multitasking, this is an addiction for a lot of people. True hardcore multitaskers have convinced themselves that by multitasking, they're staying on top of everything while juggling multiple things and being really productive when the reality is you're not really being successful at any one thing. Come on. I've heard people, you know, have this business and then this business on the side and this business on the side. You can't operate all the businesses because not one will be successful. I mean, not one would be successful. Now, I'm not knocking. I'm saying maybe one or two, whatever God's gifted you at, or make sure that you put the right people in place who understand expectation and they carry it out. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to make sure that you're putting, that'd be like me trying to be the pastor of all these, a bunch of different churches at one time. (laughs) (laughs) multitasking the term multitasking was actually coined in 1965 by ibm now how many remember the ibm computers right now they use this word to describe how a computer computer everybody say computer that thing that you got in your brain is not a computer contrary to popular belief it is not a computer but the obvious problem here is that the human brain and computer are much, much differently. Example, the average person, somebody said, why are we talking about this? Because we're talking about, it's practical things that in order for us to understand God's plan for our life and us understand that I've got to live life, what? Live life wide awake. 
I've got to start talking about the things that are not allowing me to live wide awake and they're called distractions. If we're going to be the church that God is calling us to be, we've got to remove the things that are preventing us from being the church. So this is not an old school Pentecost message, but it's a message that if we don't get it right and we don't understand it, we're never going to reach the place that God is calling us to be because we're distracted. Distracted. The average person, when they're sitting at their desk, checks emails. How many of you, how many of you uh, work uh, either at home or, or, or in a business place and you're on your computer for most of the time of the day? This is for you. Listen to this. That the average person, when they're sitting at their desk doing work, checks emails every five minutes. Doesn't sound harmful, right? Wrong. They abandon what they're working on to check an email. Now, check this out. Because I was yesterday in, in, in my dad's study, and I was trying to work, and I, I go in there and close the door, and Amy goes, hey, I hate to interrupt you. She had no idea what I'm put, putting together, but I hate to interrupt you. And so I went ahead and worked out this line because I had just happened to just had finished this portion. And I, I told her, I said, do you realize that studies show on average that it takes 64 seconds for me to resume the previous task that I was doing? It's true. Now, my baby can come interrupt me anytime she wants to, but what I'm trying to tell you is... I just had to get that in there because we get home. She'd be like, so what'd you mean? <laughs> she's anointed, but she's sassy. Okay. <laughs> and I love her. I love her. So check this out. Check this out. This means it takes 64 seconds for my mind to re-engage with whatever project I was working. And if you do the math, I'm wasting one minute out of every six minutes just to try to re-engage with whatever it is that I was working on that, that I became distracted. So every time... You say, well, I'm only going, and plus the time that it takes to read however many emails you got. It's going to take 64 seconds, roughly average, just to get your mind back. So every time that I'm on my phone and I'm trying to do some research and I'm trying to, you know, study God's word and, and something pops up that, that they think, then people on the other side, they think I need to see right now. And my flesh concurs. And what's it do? It goes after it right now. And now it takes me 64 seconds to get right back. So I'm really getting to a place where I got to go old school I, I, in studying. I mean, I'm just going to have to because, or, or, or sh sh uh, that'd be, well, how you do that? I was like, well, I could shut off my Wi-Fi so it doesn't have an option of coming in, but then I can't get out. See the dilemma? All right, next one. Here we go. Ready? Information overload. <laughs> we are bombarded every single day. Here's how you eat better. Here's how you exercise better. Here's how you sleep better. Here's what's going on in the Middle East. Here's what's going on in the White House. Here's what, here's what Fauci said. Here's what Biden said. And, and click on this if you want to know what Justin Bieber ate last three days for breakfast. <laughs> what's the number one threat of our focus and concentration? Say this words, two words, social media. It's the number one threat of our focus and concentration. Listen, the primary agenda of social media is to get you to click more, show up more, view this more. Yeah, I believe there's lots of, there's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes of trying to, you know, a certain selection of group of people, they get these ads and this group of people based on your criteria of what you filled out, they see this side of the news. But I thought, I thought it was just news. No, no, no. It's based on they will give you and feed you what you want to hear. 
And that's why a lot of people don't like the church because they're so used to being fed what they want to hear. But they get hurt <laughs> when they don't get what they want to hear. Somebody asked me this week, how do you come up with messages? Typically, it's easier for me to, to be able to communicate something that God is dealing with me in right then. So that's where it comes. It's usually, what, what am I getting? I mean, these are, these are, these are me. <laughs> Social media? <laughs> Hello? I'm not checking out what Bieber did for breakfast, but I'm just saying. All right. Oh, the reason why they're getting you to click more, view more, be more, be there more is because the more attention, the more time they can get their attention, your attention on them, the more money they are making. Think about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all these, these um, what do they call reality TV shows. When they don't make it, when they don't become the star, they, they made an impact on the world. And so then, then, then companies recognize that they have an influence and they'll start sending them free stuff so that they'll go online. They'll send them free stuff. They're not even getting, send them free stuff. And then, they'll, then, then the people that are there watching, that's watching them, they gave one free thing away, but they sold 5,000 of the same gift that they just gave away. Okay, let me keep moving. All right, here's this one, this one, this one. This is all of us, right? Your past and your future. Distraction. Some people get so distracted by their past that they replay every regret, every bad decision over and over and over and over and over and over and over in their head. I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't made that decision. Listen, when you live in your past, you're always going to live with regret because there's always something that you feel that you could have done differently. It's true. Me and Amy had the same conversation in the past 24 hours about where, 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 where we're at right, right here. So she gets this twice. It's easy to look back and say, I shouldn't have dated that person and I shouldn't have worked here. Listen, if you're living your life in your past, I guarantee that your mind is consumed with regretful thoughts. Any moment that you live to the past, you're being consumed and distracted by a regretful thought. Now, if you're distracted by your future, listen, listen, this, this all of us, you know what your life is full of if you're constantly worried about the future? Starts with a capital A, anxiety. If you're constantly distracted by what's gonna happen tomorrow, what's gonna happen next week, what's gonna happen next month, constant fear of what might happen Something that life has taught us over and over again is that you can only deal with things that are, that are present. You can only deal with things that are happening right now. I cannot go back and change tomorrow. I mean, yesterday. And I can't go into the future and change what may happen. The only thing that I can put my hands on and tangibly change right now is right now. Does that mean that what's going to happen tomorrow isn't important? Mm -mm. He, said, he said it because he knew that there's absolutely nothing that you can do about tomorrow today. In whatever moment or whatever you're facing in your life, even if it may be painful, listen, listen, listen to this, whatever you're dealing with right now, even though it may be painful, it's not, it's not, not unbearable. Whatever it is, 
It's not unbearable. What, what is unbearable is what you think might happen five days from now because you're taking on the emotions and feelings of something that hasn't even happened and it may never happen. It's called your future. So the reality is when we look back on our lives, you and I have survived 100% of our worst days. If we were to look back at our past, all the hurt, you survived, you're here. You may have a scar, I got scars. But you survived. It's painful, but it's not unbearable. So what am I saying? This is gonna sound weird. Live where you are right now. Live this moment. Don't get caught up in what you used to be, what you used to do, and don't, don't get caught up in that, and don't get caught up in what's gonna happen tomorrow. All right, let's get back to Martha and Mary. Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. Are you guys still with me? It's just a practical message. This is just real raw and, and, and beautiful. Real raw and beautiful. Y'all thought I was gonna say ugly, didn't you? Distractions can be ugly, but Jesus brought us in here today so that we can make this thing beautiful, our life. Amen? All right, a couple things that I wanna point out from this text. Here's the first one. Distraction is not the same as divine interruption. Distraction is not the same as divine interruption. As we study and look at the life of Jesus, he, he was seemingly indistractable, okay? But at the same time, he was also very interruptible. He wasn't distracted, but he, he would be interrupted at a moment's notice. I'll give you an example. Matthew chapter 12, verse five. Can we bump that air up just a little bit? Uh, whoever's controlling. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, you can just be my side, is fine. 12, 46 says this, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, I love this, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and, and brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. Can you, can you picture this? Here's Jesus and he's, and he's, and he's, and he's teaching and his brothers and, 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 and his mother stood outside asking, can they come in? I need to speak with my son. <laughs> That's crazy. Someone told Jesus, uh, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these, and he pointed to those in front of him, these are my mother and brothers and anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So even Jesus, even Jesus' own family was causing a distraction. And Jesus was saying, I need to be here. I understand that they're neat, but I need to be here. So even family can become a distraction. Hello. But not for Jesus. He was locked in to the moment that he was in right now. Interesting observation about Jesus. He always prioritized people over his plans. Come on, think about where we're living. May I always be led by the Holy Spirit, flexible to whatever God wants. Not fle- I'm just, I'm surrendered. I don't even like flexible because flexible means I could bend, break, or come back like this. I just want to be surrendered, whatever God wants. For my life, for this ministry. We see this over and over in his life and his ministry. And I think it's important that we grasp this because distractions are oftentimes the greatest enemy, listen, to intimacy. Talking about your intimacy with God, your relationship, your hardcore, when nobody else is looking, your relationship with God. Distractions are oftentimes the greatest enemy 
to intimacy. Busyness also will rob you of intimacy. I'm busy doing this. I can be busy at the church doing stuff that that really does need to be done, but it's robbing me of intimacy. I just started doing this. Back at our church in Georgia that I was on staff at for over 10 years, um, the senior pastor would come up uh, on Saturday evenings and and, and he'd come to check the air and make sure everything. And, and he said, you know, Bradley, one of the things, and he told me this later, he said, one of the things that I really like about what you do is you find time. I would just go to the church in the middle of the night and just have worship, just me and God, intimacy, intimate. Because I can't lead people to a place that's unfamiliar to me. I can't lead you to a place that I've never been. I got to go there first so that when I, I know exactly how to get there. I know how to exactly, I recognize that you're distracted and you're distracted and you're tired and you're thinking about this and you're going through that. And, and how, how, do I, how do I pull all of that energy together and get you to focus on Jesus and then get out of the way? Well, it's easy when I've actually done that. So guess what? Last week, I didn't last night. But last week, I, came, I told Amy, I said, I'm going to the church. It was late. It was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I'm going to the church. Why? Because I need to be, I need, to, I, need, I need intimacy with my heavenly father. I got to get quiet. Listen, distractions can destroy intimacy in any relationship. Come on, I'm talking to married people. Listen, come back, come back in. Distractions can destroy intimacy in any relationship, not just the relationship with your heavenly father. Let me say this, if you're struggling with intimacy in your marriage or with your children or in friendships, you've got to ask yourself, is it me? Because we're quick to go, the reason reason there's no intimacy is because something that you're doing. But first, first I got to go, hey, is is it me? Is it me? In order for there to be intimacy in a relationship, the other person has to believe three things are happening and that are true. Are you ready? Here it is. That That you consider them a priority in your life. Now, this goes both ways. You can think about as a married couple, but you also think about God. Does God, cons- does, does he look at you and go, I, I think that I'm a priority in their life? Or your spouse could say, they need to know that you have plenty of unrushed time that is available for them. <laughs> My feet, when I wrote that on that pad, I was like, doop. <laughs> unrushed time. Because Amy will come in and go, can I tell you about my day? And I'll be like, yeah, I guess got a second. I got somewhere to be. That's not intimacy. Cause what if she tried to do that later? Oh, there's something you won't. It's somewhere I got to be. It's funny, but it's true. We do the same thing with God in our relationship with him. The reason we should understand intimacy with God and we, we, don't, under, excuse me, we don't understand int- intimacy with God is because we're not having true intimacy with our spouse. And I'm not talking about what happens behind closed doors. Amen. He desires an intimate relationship with us. And the third thing they need to know is that you're giving them your undivided attention. This, yeah. Oh, really? That's cool. That's not undivided attention. Undivided attention is, you got my attention. Really? Man, I'm right there. It's an interaction. And that's what God desires from each of us. I was just a freebie for those that are in a relationship seeking to be married or married. If any one of those three things does not exist, then it's going to be very hard to develop and sustain any type of intimacy in a relationship. 
Let me give you an example. Throughout Scripture, but in John chapter 5, Jesus broke the Sabbath. What was the Sabbath? That was the Jewish law or Jewish rule that on this particular day, you're not going to be distracted by any work. But on this particular day, Jesus broke Sabbath rules, which was a holy day that the Jewish culture said, this is not a day to work. And Jesus abandoned the Sabbath to give attention to a man who needed healing. Remember what I said, Jesus or God will always, he will always put people over his priority or his plan because honestly his plan and his priority is always people let's do john john chapter five um matthew mark luke john john chapter five oh i'm doing good i'm doing good we're gonna wind it down here in just a second john chapter five 16 and 17 says this this was the response this was the response when the jewish leaders came to jesus say uh uh hey jack or Jesus, uh, today's a Sabbath day and you're performing miracles on Sabbath. This is what Jesus, so the Jewish leaders, verse 16, began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, so am I. So how many times in our day are we living life fully awake that even though we've got this agenda and we've got this place to be, we've got to run by the storm, pick up this, how many of us are in tune with what God is saying and we're allowing God to use us? I use that example all the time, but sometimes all it takes is a smile, is a genuine concern. The days of, the, of fluff Christianity, I'm over that stuff. Hey, brother, missed you at church. Blessed and highly favored. Hope you make it in. Those days are over. He wants a real intimate. The reason we can't be intimate with people, and there's a difference in intimacy, follow me. The reason that we can't be real with people is because we're not being real with God. We don't know what real is. Man, it's quiet up in here. I know why. I know why. Because I'm talking to me. The bottom line here is this. A healthy Christian life is where you learn to avoid unhealthy distractions. This is what makes you a healthy Christian. Avoiding unhealthy distractions so that you can be open to divine interruptions. The second observation from this story, the first one was distraction is not the same as divine interruption. The second one is this. Distraction are often the good things that are keeping us from the essential things. Remember what I said. Just because, it's a dis- just because it's good doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because, in 1 and 2 Corinthians, Paul was writing letters to the church because they were asking, can we do this? How close to the edge can we get before we burn? He said, wrong question. It's not, is it good for me, but is it helping you? Because we're, we're free moral agents. I can do what I want, right? Be where I want to be. But my life is not mine when I get saved. It's God, this life belongs to you. So we're asking the wrong question. Is it, is it okay? No, 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 no. Is it, it's, it's okay. You can watch five hours of Netflix on the weekends. Or matter of fact, you can binge all weekend long. It's okay, but is it healthy? Is it helping you to get to the place where you, 
You can spend three hours a day on, on net, uh, 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 social media. It's okay, but it's not okay. And I could go through a list of things that we could say are okay, but is it helping you to become the man and woman of God that he is calling you to be? So how do we combat distractions? Let me just slide all the way up. How do we combat distractions? I want to give you just a couple practical things as we prepare to close. Number one, this is real. This is real stuff right here. It's real. If you really care about living life wide awake, you'll do this. Evaluate your activities. Keep a log of your time. What do you do? I live by a to-do list on my phone. I'm of the age that if I don't put it in there, I'll forget. Anybody else? <laughs> Log your time. How much time are you spending watching Netflix? We're talking about distractions. How much time are you watching? How much screen time? Now, if you have an iPhone, it will tell you what your screen time is. Some of you probably want to start cranking that back a little bit before you go look because you might have a heart attack if you actually see how much screen time you do. Pastor B ain't looking, not right now. I'm going to wait until I manage it better <laughs> before I look because I know, I know. It's, listen, this is not a guilt thing. It's just about recognizing reality that this could be a problem. Jesus said it best in Matthew 6, when he said, so above all, this is the passion translation, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. And then 34 says, refuse to worry. We talked about this, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Why? Because tomorrow will take care of itself. Amen. So evaluate your activities. Number two, Everybody hold on. Is it already up there? <laughs> Take a media fast. Take a media fast. Some of you are fasting media on our 21-day fast. Tama, just, just tell us what you said today. Just come a little closer and tell me, tell me what you said today. Me and Michael and Nathan are all three fasting, and I said I have mental clarity that I literally have not had, and I can't remember the last time. And if I'm not kidding. Like... I'm not worried about what other people are doing and saying. I'm just worried about my family and, what, and getting closer to God. And it's been amazing. So. And she said that today, and she, and she made another statement. She said, it's allowing me to collect my thoughts and silence my own thoughts. Now, and this is what the Holy Spirit said. When she said, it's helped me to silence my thoughts. When you check out of Facebook for any amount of time, you're silencing your thought, your thought, your thought, your thought, your thought, your thought. All of your thoughts. When I read those, I'm not only trying to manage my thoughts, now I'm trying to manage your thoughts. And how many knows life on its own is hard to manage just one person? All right, now, for some of you that go, man, I don't know how to, listen, what, what's, how, what's that look like? Take one day a week and just disengage from social media. One day. And we, we offered up this suggestion. If, if you're tired of seeing all the other stuff, you don't have to unfriend people, but you can unfollow them. They'll never know, but then you don't see it in their newsfeed. And I thought, that's pretty good. 
I'm not saying Facebook and all this is of the devil. Hear me. But it is a distraction that can cause you and I to miss moments that God so desperately wants us to experience. Somebody said, well, I can't, I can't, do, I can't do one day. Okay, then maybe a, two hours out of one day, five minutes. I don't know what, what, I don't know your screen time. We can talk about that if you want to. Uh, I, I, heard, I heard that only if we can see yours, Pastor B. Okay, forget I even said that. Forget I even said that. Number three, number three. Listen, listen, this, this is tough stuff. This is real and raw. Give trusted people in your life permission to call you out. I have one. I'm connected to one. I give her permission. Hey. I'm connected to somebody who has permission to call me out, and she is not shy about it. Last night, we were at dinner with some people, and Anza looked across the table, and she said, because I was on my phone. I was actually responding to ministry. And she looked, because she knows the rule, no phones at the table. But I was trying to do something, and she just looked at me and gave me that. Give trusted people in your life permission to call you out. That's too much time. Most of these distractions that we've mentioned are such a part of our society that we don't even realize that it's taking over our lives. So let's give trusted people in our lives permission to call us out. Hey, maybe you're spending a little bit too much time. In closing, number four and final. Be, listen, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Because what happens after you hear a message like this? You beat yourself up. You beat yourself up. Now, I know this sounds like I'm giving you, uh, giving you an out at the end, but I'm not. I'm just telling you that when you start to fight and put some of these distractions on notice, you're going to get sucked in and you're going to mess up. The enemy will see to it. And the social media giant, it will make sure. That's why I want to close with this verse. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends and his mercies never cease. Talking about when we mess up. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every new day, each and every morning. We wake up every day with a blank slate, clean slate. I wonder if we did that in our marriages, how our marriage, if we actually had, if we actually executed earthly relationships, how God is designing our relationship with him, how we could actually remove distractions in our marriages. It's a new slate. But how many knows we'll carry over the wrong thing he said, the wrong thing she did. Y'all ever, married people ever woke up to a cold bed? And I'm not talking about temperature. I'm talking about atmosphere. New day, new slate. Because when I come in here, when I come into God's presence, it's not cold in here. <laughs> I know sometimes it gets cold. 
but you should feel such warmth when you come through the doors. We pray for that. We want you to experience grace and mercy. There's no condemnation, not from here. And we want, we want, it, we want to transfer that into our relationships. I forgive because I'm forgiven. I give grace because I experience grace. I've always said this, and I'll close. The enemy may not get you to sin, but he will distract you. He may not, he may not, he may not can change the outcome, but he can always distract you and get you, it take a little longer to get there because of a distraction. So let's work hard, church, at removing distractions. These are everyday things. It's everyday life. It's, how, it's what we do in life for entertainment. It's what we do in life. It's how we manage life, multitasking. And it's robbing us of God's true intent and purpose for our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, no hype, no, no fluff, just real raw. God, it's right where we're living. And God, so we heed, we heed your word today. Maybe in your own way. I'm not gonna feed you words, but maybe in your own way. If this message ministered to you and, and, and it struck something inside of you, you just, in your own way, say, God, help me to be, become more like you. You can just say it right off your lips. Just, God, help me to become more like you. Help me in this area, God. Help me to identify the areas of my life that are distracting me from becoming who you want me to be. Father, forgive me. But now I don't have an excuse. Now I know. And the truth that you know will set you free if you accept it and receive that truth today in Jesus name and everybody said well thanks again for tuning in to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes and if you like what you're hearing consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends for more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.